The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Welcome to the show today. I'm so glad that you could join me from wherever you are. What a crazy day. I don't know what's going on uh, in the air with the internet or like weird electrical things are happening, but you know, hey, when you do a live show, you just have to kind of roll with it sometimes and just go with the flow. So that is what I'm trying to do. <sighs> just like take a deep breath and just uh, let things happen. And also, just to let you know, there's some kind of weird um, Fargo-like tree chipping going on uh, next door. I don't know what's happening (laughs) or anything like Fargo, hopefully not, but uh, I hope that that's not going to interrupt my interview today because I have a friend that's joining the show today and I'm excited to get into this conversation here. Um, What is publicity, right? We all think we know what it is. But we're going to talk to somebody who's like really down in the trenches and helping people to get their message out. And especially people that are trying to share a message that means something to them, that's very close to their hearts. And we're calling it spiritual entrepreneurship, you know, doing something that you really want to do and getting the word Mm -hmm. out. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening are thinking, you know, wow, I wish I could really do something that satisfies me on a spiritual level. You know, maybe uh, finally write that book and, you know, really do something that means something to you. So we're going to talk to someone who's going to help us in that area and help our dreams become a reality. So my friend John Masalonis is joining me today, and he's the uh, owner and founder of Empowered Publicity. He's been helping creatives, entrepreneurs and authors for over a decade to get their message out. And as a publicist for inspirational, spiritual, and children's book authors, John really understands the challenges that aspiring authors face as they follow their dreams. So I'm really happy to have him on the show today. John, welcome. Diane, thank you so much for extending this warm invitation. I really appreciate your time today. I'm excited about our conversation. Me too. So I was trying to think before the show started how I don't even remember. <laughs> you'll, you'll have to remind me how we came in contact. And I'm sure it was in, in part to your position as a publicist. Right. So did you did you find me at, at Hay House or was it here at Unity? It actually went going back to your time working with Dr. Wayne Dyer as the executive producer of his then Hay House radio show. And that was around the time, I think it was around the time, maybe even a little bit before when my grandmother actually transitioned. That's around the time frame where my spiritual awakening began. And, you know, of course, as, as many of your listeners know, Dr. Wayne Dyer is no longer with us in the physical, but I feel that he's been doing so much work since he transitioned nearly, I believe it's been six years ago this summer, it'll be six years ago. So when I had realized that you were, that you had joined the Unity family and we're doing such wonderful work for them. I wanted to be able to connect and introduce myself, and we've had the opportunities to now be in touch with one another for some time, which I'm, again, very grateful for. Yeah, that's so great. You know, I was pretty sure it was back in the Hay House days, but I just wanted to make sure. And I I knew we've had conversations about Dr. Dyer, so I knew you were a fan of his work. And, you know, doing what you do, in in this realm you know so what so what you do as a publicist you know you'll get in touch with me and you'll say hey i have a a great author that would really like to come on your show or one of the other shows on the unity radio network and so you're helping this author to get the word out you know so that's how a lot of times how we'll interact and then i'll read the book and you know get the person on the show so i'm just curious how you even got involved in the world of of publicity like what drew you to do this kind of work well it's 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 kind of interesting because like i didn't go to school to be a publicist if you would have told me you know eons ago you're going to be doing work as a publicist for inspirational spiritual and children's authors i would have said probably not right and in fact it's interesting because the term publicist when people traditionally think of a publicist they might have the vision of someone who wears a shirt and tie 
sitting in a New York City penthouse suite and just, you know, it, it's, it, it's kind of all about, you know, churning out content and just, you know, trying to make as much money as possible. Now, there, there's nothing wrong with, you know, any of those things if it's kind of, you know, held in balance, so to speak. For the longest period of time, I've seen myself as a bridge. I love helping people. I love supporting people and I love serving people. And it happens to be that I've been very blessed and fortunate to have these skill sets of a publicist for many years. I think probably the, the earliest seeds were planted long before my time with Empowered Publicity. <clears throat> I had the blessing of hosting a popular wrestling radio show for a little over 10 years called Monday Night Mayhem. It was one of the most popular wrestling radio shows, you know, the Vince McMahon's WWE. So like all my childhood heroes, like your Nature Boy Ric Flair's and your Bret Hart's and your Shawn Michaels, your Stone Cold Steve Austin's, like I had the opportunities to interview them and promote their matches or their DVDs, whatever the case might be. And it's interesting because people might say, well, that's like, that's not, you know, that's not children's books. It's kind of like the opposite end of the spectrum, so to speak. It's so fascinating though, Diane, because I really believe in life, and this is one of the things that Dr. Wayne Dyer had reminded me of you know, when my awakening began, and still he does each and every day, is that, and not even just Dr. Dyer, but your guest last week on your program, Anita Morjani, who in, in many ways actually saved my life, the both of them remind us that life is like a divine tapestry. And every single experience, if you choose to believe it in this context, it's not wasted. Everything flows together in some way, shape, or form. So through my time at Monday Night Mayhem, I was actually introduced to a gentleman who I really classify as a father figure in my life. His name is Dennis DiPaolo. He's the owner of a very well-known Italian restaurant in the Buffalo, New York area where I was born in and where I spent the first 38 years of my life. Dennis's father was a famous professional wrestler for many years, traveled the world, settled down in Buffalo about 55 years ago and opened up a pizza shop. He wanted no one to go hungry. So he became more connected with the Buffalo community. Dennis's father, Elio, uh, became connected with many children's charities, children's hospital, Make-A-Wish, you name it. Uh, Dennis's father, unfortunately, passed away about 25 years ago, crossing the street from his restaurant. So Dennis and his brother Michael and his family took over the restaurant. Dennis was the one who I, who I was introduced to early on in my time at Monday Night Mayhem. He was the one who introduced me to the folks at Children's Hospital in Buffalo. And that's where whenever the wrestlers would come to town, I would take the time and I would, you know, call up the folks at Children's Hospital and say, hey, you know, this wrestling company's coming, this wrestling co company is coming. So we would take the time to all visit the kids together. So the kids would see these larger-than-life superhero-like mythical figures with the big shiny gold belts and the muscle shirts and one, and their faces lit up. So that was really my earliest work for the children and what actually planted the seeds in my heart and my mind for what is one of my long-term visions, which is opening up a children's hospice. So combined with that through my time at Monday Night Mayhem, this was before, you know, now when people are listening to Unity Online Radio, for example, they've got their Facebook up, their Twitter up, their Instagram up. There's so many different social media platforms, so many different digital ways of connecting with one another. Back in, you know, the 2002, 2003 onward, there was no Facebook, no Twitter, no Instagram, no Pinterest. I'm not even sure if MySpace had been created at that particular point in time, but I was taking the time to connect with the different wrestling promotions. And even I had relationships with the, with the folks at CMT, VH1, the Buffalo Bills. I would create, you know, the interviews, promote the interviews, do what then became the social media for the interviews, do the community outreach for the program. So it's kind of like I had my own little media machine at that particular point in time. And you know, around the time when my grandmother transitioned, which was around 2013, I no longer felt aligned at all with wrestling. So I stopped doing the wrestling radio show. It served its purpose. Shortly after that, I landed up starting a health, wellness, spiritually aligned and inspirationally based radio show and podcast called Soul Luminous Radio. And this is where people such as Anita Morjani, Dr. Wayne Dyer's family, James Von Prague, Mira Kelly, Jack Canfield right when my awakening was beginning and I was, you know, going through some of the throes of the throes, so to speak, all these people were coming into my life and providing a lot of insight, a lot of wisdom and a lot of healing in a time that I really needed it. And it was literally, I think it was almost been, you know, seven years ago, almost to the day where the inspiration came from to open up my own business that I wanted to be able to help and support and be of service 
to what was then just inspirational and spiritual authors, but which blended into children's authors shortly thereafter. That actually came on the heels of the I Can Do It event in March of 2014, I believe, in Toronto. So again, you know, I, I just encourage all of your listeners, Diane, you know, especially if let's say someone is going through something in their life right now and they say, I want to be doing this, right? And you're not doing this, you're doing that. To take the steps, even if it's, you know, take, you know, an hour a day to bring your vision closer to your reality. And I've worked in the collections industry for 13 years, which again, completely opposite perspective from, you know, being a, a publicist for inspirational, spiritual and children's authors. But even that experience, mm-hmm. it taught me to be more compassionate, to be kinder, to be more empathic, to take the time to listen to other people. So all of these sorts of beautiful experiences really led by my grandmother, especially over these past eight years, um, there's just been so many blessings and miracles, and especially now, uh, as my heart really, I feel, is the most open that it's ever been, um, that the more that we take the time to open up our heart and love ourselves, which a lot of times isn't easy, then we can be of even greater service to other people. You know, I'm so glad you, you gave me the backstory because I always wondered, I remember we had had a conversation, you said you had worked with the wrestling world and did a wrestling radio show. And I'm like, well, how the heck did that leap happen? You know, how did that jump go from doing what you're doing now to the wrestling world and being involved and working with children? And now I I totally see it. It all makes sense. So that that's so cool, that connection. And uh, and I knew about your your desire to open that children's hospice. So working with kids when you brought the wrestlers in was uh, really like a, a turning point for you, right? It was, I, I can't even put that feeling into words because, you know, at that point in time, you know, and it, it took me some time, I, I really wanted children to feel loved and supported and special. And that, that I, I, I want everyone that comes into my life for my entire life. I've always wanted that. And I think what was the missing link, Diane, is, is that I didn't necessarily feel that way about myself. And that's something that I had to take the time to, you know, move through and to heal on my end of things. But I can look back, especially now, and there's just so much gratitude that I have in my heart for that experience. Because, you know, whether, you know, a little one was in the hospital for a surgery or whether, you know, a little one was going through, you know, life-saving cancer treatment. That, you know, that professional wrestler, when they came in, you know, they see these larger-than-life, again, superhero, mythical-like figures each and every week on television. And they really look up to those, to those wrestlers, right? And, you know, again, you know, the, the wrestling world has a, has, a, has a seedy underbelly in a lot of ways. And, you know, that's, that, that's neither here nor there. I, I got to see the good of professional wrestling. And I think because I'd spent such a long period of time in my life, I mean, it literally was like a love affair with it, with professional wrestling and sports and entertainment for well over 25 years. There was a part of me at one point that I was asking myself, why did this chapter of my life happen? Right. If there, if there's some things like if you feel that maybe you wasted a part of time in your life or maybe like, you know, why did you go through what you experienced? I take a lot of solace and peace and again, immense gratitude, acknowledging the fact that from that experience with professional wrestling, sports and entertainment, Monday Night Mayhem, I was introduced to Dennis DiPaolo. I was introduced to the folks at Children's Hospital that, again, you know, planted the seeds for empowered publicity, planting the seeds for my work, which my, my work for being a children's author, which I'm excited to start writing my first children's book within the next couple of months as well, too, how that'll be bridging into the children's hospice. So, it, again, like, you know, today we're talking about spiritual entrepreneurship. And one thing, Diane, I mean, is, is that you know, having your own business, having your own life, it doesn't come with an instruction manual, right? If it were easy as just saying, God, send me your divine plan, send me your blueprint, right? If we could just follow all of the steps, right? And, you know, sometimes easier said than done. But I think that one of the words that keeps, there's two words that come to mind right now, and especially leading into our conversation, the one is trust. To take the time to trust yourself to trust your, your choices that you're making, to trust your decisions, trust the people that are coming into your life. 
Again, it may be easier said than done when you hear trust the divine unfoldment. I am safe, all is well. Like, you know, you'll probably hear that a lot, especially, you know, like on unity, and there's total truth to that, right? And sometimes it's very difficult to believe that, but you have to surrender yourself to that trust while still taking the necessary guided action steps. The second word that comes to mind is harmony, because I've had people of different faiths, races, ages, ethnicities, different kinds of authors tell me, John, what is the secret? What is the secret to having a successful business, right? And it took me some time to be able to realize the words of alignment and harmony. Many of us try to chase for the extra dollar, the extra relationship, the extra whatever, right? And when we settle in a little bit and we let go even further, again, this goes back to a Wayne Diarism. He said in several of his books and PBS specials, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. There's a little acapella for you, Diane. But <laughs> right. he, he encourages to, to, to be in that flow that when you stop chasing what it is that you're so seeking, those things come to you. And I feel that many of us, if we choose right now, I literally feel that this, this sense of inner harmony and inner alignment is just happening right now. And I, I, I've been experiencing, especially these, this past week, and I can't put that feeling into words, right? So again, there's no specific blueprint or model on how to run a successful business. The main thing at its core, and again, it involves practice, it involves patience, it involves being so compassionate and gentle with yourself is working on, on that alignment. And then, of course, you know, developing your skill sets, going out of your comfort zone. I mean, there's, there's obviously other things as well, too. But there's a lot of people that, you know, they have the money, they have the successful business, and they still feel miserable. And it's like, what's missing? I saw a quote earlier today that resonated with me, and it said something along the lines of, love yourself, because that's who you're going to be spending your entire life with. Right. So, you know, some people might be listening and say, well, you know, what does self-love have to do with business? What does self-love has to do with with, you know, spiritual entrepreneurship? The answer, Diane, is everything. Right. No, that's such a great message. And it's so true when you look back at your decisions or things that happen in your life. And usually you learn more from the horrible really challenging situations than in a situation that you really loved, you know, there's the lesson and, and just your story that you shared. I love kind of the circuitous route, you know, that you took where, you know, meeting this one person led to someone else and, you know, you did what you did in the wrestling world and then you felt, okay, well, I've, I've done everything I can here, but yet it opened up some other doors to working with children that you found that you really loved. Like you really got an, an amazing sense of satisfaction in bringing some joy into their lives and that's become a part of of what you're doing today you know and then continues on so i love that and also the connection like and and you and i know just in business it's, it's all you know who you know and making those connections and and valuing them and, and i think that's something that i've always tried to do because i know with publicists, a lot of times you're not really treated nicely, you know, like when you're calling to pitch somebody or sometimes you get someone who doesn't really have time to, to talk or whatever, because I've, I've heard, you know, from people and I've listened to people deal with, uh, you know, others on the phone and things like that. And I've always tried to maintain, you know, relationships with people. And and I think it, it, things work so much better when when you work that way, you know, when you try to cultivate the friendships and and relationships in, in your life and in business, you know, because you never well, know when you're going to that, you mention, that person. It's so interesting that you mentioned yeah, the ahead. word cultivate because um, there's a lot of terms that resonate with me while there's also a lot of terms that don't resonate with me. And I think that, you know, many of us have used the term networking, like, you know, networking was a term that we used for a long period of time. And I really don't resonate with that term right now because the old traditional model of networking is I'm going to talk to 10 different people during the day to see, you know, if I can just add 10 more people to my Rolodex kind of thing, right? N now mm -hmm. I feel that it's along the lines of valuing the quality versus the quantity. I, I really use the example if many people, you know, are drinking water from a Brita water purifier, right? You know, you, you pour the water from the tap. 
It goes through the little thingamabobber, and then you get this warm or this this cold, perfectly cold, delicious water, but it's purified and it's filtered. I like to think that the, that the universe works that way, that way when it comes to bringing people into our life, right? Like I, I love getting to know people better, especially as of right now. Simultaneously, it's all about intentionality as well, too. When you take the time to connect with someone, is it a matter of, you know, can you help this person bring them closer to their life purpose, to their soul's mission? You know, same thing as well, too. Now, again, right off the bat, when you're introduced to someone, you necessarily don't um, you don't necessarily know the whole kit and caboodle right off the bat, right? You know, I think that the older way of looking at things is, okay, you know, is this person going to be my, my, my friend, my rabbi, my clergyman? Am I supposed to work with them? Are they, are they a potential, you know, romantic partner for myself, whatever the case might be? And I think it's just a matter of, you even said the word value as well, too, right? And I think that as many people are remembering their own value, they're also expressing that in their relationships. Whenever I talk with an author, even before, you know, I start working with them, if I talk to someone and let's just let, you know, let's say an introductory conversation, I always take the time to acknowledge that author and to thank them for who they are, for seeing their value and for what it is that they're doing to bring more love, compassion and healing into the world right now. And I think that really where, where many authors, especially where they feel challenged, you know, is that no one sees their value or very few people may see the value, so to speak. So, again, you know, you've probably seen a lot of people in life that have done very well in business, right? But maybe they didn't have a college education. Maybe some of them they didn't even finish high school. But it's as the result of cultivating the relationships, nurturing them building them. And again, you know, sometimes we get caught in the rat race of life. It's very difficult to, to be, uh, to, to be fully present 24, seven, 365 in all of our relationships. But this is why, again, you know, take your time to, to, to give yourself more of that breathing room, so to speak, so that when you're connecting with someone, Right. It's not like going from one call to the next kind of thing. Right. So I feel like there's there's some forms of 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 I guess you could say that these 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 are tips for people that are stepping into spiritual entrepreneurship or who are wanting to take their work to to another level, because it's really about creating that space that you have within. You know, many of us, we feel that we've got to have these, these log jam schedules and calendars and back-to-back this. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. That's also an exciting sign that your business and that you are thriving and doing well. But if you're just going from one thing to the next and not fully enjoying the experience and giving yourself time for you, it kind of defeats the whole purpose, if that makes sense, Diane. Oh, I agree totally. This is something that I struggle with all the time because I'm, you know, a workaholic or tend to do that where my husband yells at me, get off the computer, shut the door, you know, and when you work from home, you're tempted to, it's easy to just continue doing something. You know, a lot of times I'll still be at the computer. I'll have to force myself to get up and, and take care of myself and, and cultivate, you know, my friendships and call people and those kinds of things. So that's been my challenge definitely during this pandemic, you know, to, to try not to, push things so hard, you know, but yeah, you're, you're right. You're so right. It's, it's easy. It's easy to do. And we're going to take a break in a couple of minutes and keep on chatting. And if people want to join the show, 816-251-3555, you know, we'll need to get into in the next segment, you know, what you really do to help people with their children's books and, and their other material. Um, I mean, I've worked with you on a couple of different projects, you know, some being a children's book, others being, you know, like a straight on inspirational thing or a memoir or something like that. But you must have to approach each of those projects a, a little differently, right? I mean, you can't do the same kind of thing that you would for a children's book as for something else. And I would think working with kids literature and authors and that kind of thing, that's got to be a real tough. It's got to be a challenge. It's, it's interesting because things are becoming easier and more joyful because when you have balance in your life, like I absolutely love working with children's authors. It has been 
so important in terms of my own healing, growth, development, and just service overall, because when I started doing my publicity work, it was just inspirational and spiritual authors, right? And sometimes, you know, that energy can get a little, a little dense, you know, you know, even if you're in the namaste and satnam and love and light, sometimes it can just be too much, right? Now, I was kind of wondering, right. like, you know, <laughs> like, how can I create more fun with my work? And then all of a sudden, you know, I'd start connecting with my grandmother again, who I still talk with every day through prayer and meditation and just in conversation. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm part Polish. So, you know, grandma's uh, is Bapcha and grandfather is Jaja. So I'd say, you know, Bapcha, I want to have more fun in my life. I want to have more fun in my work. And so, you know, here comes the idea of, well, why don't you start working with children's authors? So even really before I started working with children's authors in the expanded capacity that, that I am now, I started doing the Empowered Publicity Children's Book Spotlight Series, which is the program that I've been blessed to host for the past now nearly two and a half years, celebrated its 100th episode during the holidays and its two-year anniversary this fall. I may have that, I think it may have been the two-year anniversary in the fall, or yeah, two-year anniversary in the fall, 100th episode during the holiday season, but it's one of the most popular children's book podcasts where I interview children's authors and illustrators, self-published and published authors and illustrators from around the world, they share their inspiring stories in the release of their brand new books. And when I first started it back in 2018, I had the intention of talking to children's authors because I just love children's books, right? And necessarily that wasn't, you know, part of, that wasn't necessarily quote unquote part of my business plan or my business model at that particular point in time. But you'd be surprised what happens again when you put the service first, how things always have a way of working themselves out in the process. Well, let's let's tackle that in the next segment. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm talking with John Massalonis, the new meaning of spiritual entrepreneurship. We'll be right back. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Be Present, The Diane Ray Show. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me live today with my guest, John Massalonis, and he's the founder and proprietor and big, big man on campus, head cheese. I don't know, whatever, what other title could I give you (laughs) of empowered publicity? And he's a publicist who helps creatives and entrepreneurs all around the country get their message out to the world. And he works with a lot of inspirational authors, spiritual and children's authors. And before the break, we were going to dig in a little bit into kind of some of the specifics and challenges of children's authors. And you said that you're working on writing a book. And, you know, I know a couple of people that have written children's books. Actually, one person I think that I I recommended to you, my own brother wants to write a children's book. It seems like everybody has an idea for doing something like this, but you know, I'm sure most of, most of those ideas will, will not, (laughs) will fail. (laughs) will go by the wayside, you know? And I was just thinking of some of the children's books that I've really loved over the years, like what I grew up with, even going back to, um, gosh, what is like one of the first ones? I remember one called The Little House. Um, I remember, speaking of Little House, I loved all the Little House books, Little House on the Prairie. I read all of those. I read all of Nancy Drew. Um, another favorite was All Creatures Great and Small. I read all of the James Harriet books uh, growing up. And those are things that I still love today. Actually, when I found out that PBS was doing a reboot of All Creatures Great and Small, I was so excited. <laughs> I, was like, I forced my husband to watch them all because he doesn't like any of the BBC stuff. But um, th- it's interesting how those stories, things that you read as a kid, will really stay with you your whole life as an adult and can really kind of shape you in a way. And so I was just curious, what were some of the things that you read as a kid that you really loved? I feel, well, I, I was more of the, uh, the Berenstein Bears, which I know were still mm-hmm. around, actually. Um, I think <laughs> that one of the, one of the larger children's book publishing companies, Zonder Kids, actually still produces the, the Berenstein Bears books. Um, the Boxcar Children, that, that was kind of more like middle grade, whereas, you know, Berenstein Bears were, um, were, were, grammar school, elementary school. There was the Hardy Boys. 
as well too. It, it it's so interesting because like I feel that I resonate more with children's picture books than I even did as a kid. Now, now again, you know, like we don't necessarily remember every single moment or experience from our childhood, in, whether it, it's in terms of books that we read or just, you know, daily sorts of experiences. But one of the things, this is something I, I literally mention almost every single day, is that children's books, they bring so much healing into the lives of little ones. Because children's books are very non-judgmental, they're very compassionate, they're very open. It's like children's books serve as, as a hug to a little one, whether if they're feeling lost or scared or alone or unloved, children's books are always there for them. They, they really provide a true cathartic effect. Simultaneously, and this is also one of the reasons why I, I resonate so much with children's books and working with children's authors. I really credit children's books, Diane, for, in many respects, saving my life because I was able to reconnect. I, I was able to reconnect with my inner child thanks to children's books, right? You know, every single one of us has that inner child, you know, little Diane, little John, little Jeff, little Steve, little Wayne, right? Little Michael. And it's very easy to lose sight of that because when we lose the playfulness of life, when we lose the joy of life, the childlike wonder, and that may seem like a buzzworthy term, but it's no joke, right? Childlike wonder that's so important to experience that, to feel that every day. And I'm actually giving myself a reminder because like, you know, when I, when I moved out here nearly six months ago, I really feel I'm the closest to God that I've ever been, literally and figuratively. You know, back in Buffalo, we really didn't have beaches, right? In San Diego, where you and I are both blessed to reside, there's, there's, there's an abundance of beaches, right? To take the time and to just be with nature, do things like, um, you know, blow bubbles, you know, take the time to dance. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do. And it's interesting because this also has a connection to the whole spiritual entrepreneurship that we're, thing that we're talking about. We have our email lists and our to-do lists and our posting our content and doing this and doing that. Well, where's the fun? Where is the fun and where is the joy? If everything is serious 24-7, it kind of would have some of that same old-school business ideology of we came here to pay taxes and die kind of mentality, right? Life is so meant to be enjoyed and experienced. And it's actually interesting because one of the other things that, that, uh, that I was reminded of in our commercial break that we were talking about, which again comes from Dr. Wayne Dyer, and I think that this, this also brings everything into a healthy balance, is the importance of remaining humble, to remain appreciative for everything, right? In a matter of a day, you can lose your health, you can lose your house, you can lose your money, you can lose everything. You can lose everything. Right, gratitude, right? yes, and yes, it's, it's, it's so it's, important. Because it's, it's very easy when you become successful in life, when you become successful in business, it can very easily go to your head. It's almost just like, like some sort of an unconscious thing, like, oh, my God, look at me. He, you know, here I am. So, like, even like, you know, when you were saying about, you know, big men on campus and whatnot, I am so grateful to do like, I don't really classify myself as big man on campus kind of thing, which I think that there was like <laughs> some sort of a movie with, with, uh, with Mark Paul Gosler who played Zach Morris on Save the I think, I think that was dead bad on campus, but that's, I used to work at Blockbuster Video like way back on, back on when, so I could probably mention some really good movies <laughs> for your, for your listeners as well. But the, the importance of remaining appreciative and grateful and to express that in thought, word and action. Because this kind of goes back to the whole alignment thing that we were talking about, right, is, is that it takes time for us to come into balance. Many of us had, you know, childhoods that maybe we had, you know, some, some, some pretty, pretty tough stuff growing up, whether it be, you know, 
you know, childhood trauma or abuse or whatever the case might be. And, and many of us are taking the time to, we've taken the time to work on that. You know, many of us are still working on that, right? Because, you know, healing is a lifelong journey, but simultaneously you're remembering the fact that you're already whole and complete and healed, even though you're still already working on your healing to be grateful, to be appreciative, to express that gratitude, thought, word, and action for everything. I really feel that as I'm coming to many blessings into my life through my business, I really believe that when you are blessed, it is your responsibility to bless the lives of others. So one of the things that I do through Empowered Publicity is is that, and I really do this just because it feels good. I don't do this for any sort of pomp and circumstance or bell and whistle, that I donate funds every month from all the work that I do for inspirational, spiritual, and children's authors, and I will give them to different sorts of organizations, charities, non-for-profits, whether it be, you know, one of the things that I'm blessed to do is there's, there's, a, there's a, a fundraiser that I'm doing for Rady Children's Hospital, which is the Children's Hospital in San Diego. One of my friends and colleagues who runs a popular children's book blog, we're working on that together. Uh, David Newell, who played Mr. McFeely on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. We do something very special every month with Empowered Publicity called the Neighborly Reviews Bookcast, where we review brand new children's books from some of the shining stars in the kidlit community, as I like to, to say. And as part of the Neighborly Reviews Bookcast, every month we give a donation to the Empowered Publicity does to Reading is Fundamental Pittsburgh, which is the Pittsburgh chapter of the national non-for-profit. It's one of it's the largest largest children's literacy organization in the U.S. They provide children's books, literacy development, and tools to children from low-income families all across the country. So in Pittsburgh, they take care of more than 20,000 children from low-income families, and they gave over 80,000 books to kids in need last year, right? So again, you know, the more that you are blessed with in terms of, you know, money and wealth, it's not ours to hang on to. You know, I, I remember, again, here's another Wayne Dyerism. <laughs> Wayne Dyerism, <laughs> Diane, is, is that Wayne would always say, the last suit that I'm owning ha- will have no pockets because wherever I go, I can't take anything with me, right? And many of us, we feel that we have to hoard or we have to save. And again, you know, don't get me wrong. Saving is also important as well, too. But it's, it's so important for us to be able to, to bless and, and to give back simultaneously the importance of filling your cup because many people who are empaths who run their own businesses we can always be like give 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 we want to give and then we want to give more and then we feel depleted right you know our adrenals get shot or we kind of you know go through you know just even some sort of general malaise or feeling uncomfortable or you know some people may even manifest you know an illness sickness or disease right and then it's kind of like you know the like the, the, the little wink and nudge from the universe saying i think you might want to take care of yourself a little bit more right because again you know the more that you do that the more space that you can hold for other people as well too so you know the importance there has of, to be balance yes yeah, the, the, the importance of and, – and sometimes people may, may hear the term humility and think like that that's necessarily like a negative term, right? And it's not necessarily meant like that. When I say humility, I mean remaining grateful, appreciative, and, and humble because the more that we're able to do all of our work together, I literally feel that – and it's interesting because we're about ready to step into the next quarter of 2021 – I feel that we're also stepping into a new chapter into the next season of our lives. And I literally, I put this intention up before we began our interview today, because I always like to put out, you know, positive intentions in the process. That's a Louise Hayism, I guess, right? <laughs> and oh, yeah. for, for all of the spiritual entrepreneurs, and even if someone doesn't necessarily own their own business, I set out the intention that this is the most blessed magical and love-filled three quarters of a year that we've ever experienced in our entire life because I really feel that things are starting to get better and better from here on out. I think so too. We're definitely moving into some new energy. Things are, are looking up. You know, people are feeling better. You know, if, if the vaccine, more vaccines become available and that kind of thing, people will be able to travel. And so, yeah, I mean, I feel definitely feel an energy that things are shifting. 
you know, in the right direction. And I mean, you work so hard for your clients. And when I said big man on campus, I'm kind of joking because I know you like run the show. Like this is your business. So you're really the only man on campus, right? Well, I, I am blessed that I do have an assistant, uh, Ling, who does an incredible job. And I, and I always like to be able to recognize her so that when people see the wonderful, uh, you know, uh, children's book spotlight series episodes or the story time with Mr. John, which is the, the story time that I do through Empowered Publicity or the Neighborly Reviews book cast or just, you know, any of the graphics on the Empowered Publicity website or social media platforms, she actually does that. And there's, there's, there's so many people, you know, I, I like to call them, you know, angels behind the scenes that are always, you know, kind and compassionate, whether it be, you know, someone who introduces me to a new children's author, hey, I think you should talk to this person kind of thing, or someone introduces me to, you know, uh, to, to, uh, to, uh, to someone who's writing their own inspirational or spiritual book kind of thing. Uh, it's, it's very interesting because, you know, the majority of the people that I'm blessed to work with, I really have this belief, Diane, and I think that this is another another little tip for for you know spiritual entrepreneurs is is that many people feel, and I might have mentioned this a little bit before, but I kind of want to clarify things a little bit further. Many people might think that you need to chase the client or you need to push, right? And I literally feel it's a matter of you can get to a point in the confidence that you have in yourself and in your business where you can literally ask a person. Tell me about your work. What are your short-term goals? What are your long-term goals? What is it that you need help and support with? Pause. Take the time to listen to that person and hear what they say. And then at that point, share some of the specific ways that you feel you can help and support that person. We, we right. were talking. No, that's we, good we, advice. We we were talking in the commercial break about how growing up I had a fondness for watching Wimbledon, the the tennis event in in London at the All England Lawn Tennis and Croquet Club, and how when you have a conversation it's kind of like a tennis match, like a volley back and forth. You serve Diane, then I serve, and then you serve, and then I serve. Right? That when you're when you're you know entering into a relationship, listening and the flow are very essential. It's not to say that, you know, agendas are neither bad nor good. I like to t use the term agenda is kind of like a neutral thing. Even if you have a clear vision in your mind as to how you feel you can help and support the person, listen to what that person has to say first, right? And, you know, this is, again, it just makes things that much easier because if you trust in the fact, because, again, you know, one of the older spiritual entrepreneurship paradigms is I have to make sure my needs are taken care of. I have to make sure I have enough money. I got to make sure that I have enough overhead kind of thing, right? You get to a point, and yes, we have the human experience, so sometimes, again, easier said than done. When you get to the point that when you realize that everything that you, everything that is needed is always provided, and when you take the time to do even more of the inner work, the deeper dive work internally, you'd be surprised how things can change in a very, very short period of time. There is so much love and joy and blessings and abundance and money that can come into your life in a very short period of time. Because I share this, too, because I feel that many of us have been doing we've been planting seeds for a long period of time. And it's very easy to say, well, when is this going to pay off? When is my hard work, Diane, going to pay off? And I literally feel, you know, just as you said, new energy, spring is here, equinox just passed, you know, the, there's more sunlight out during the course of the day, you know, where things are starting to open up more, we're starting to envision and already create the post-pandemic life. So I also want to assure your listeners that I really do my part to not use spiritual, what I call gobbledygook. Because again, you know, a lot of times in spiritual books or scribes or texts, you can hear a lot of the namaste, satnam, love and light, everything's going to be okay and whatnot. And it's so important to be able to take the time to be in your body, to be with the uncomfortableness, to be with any sort of, you know, fear or doubt or insecurity, just be with that as well, too. Right. Because, you know, many, many people just kind of, again, you know, want to focus on the work and getting stuff done. But if they're, you know, in the meanwhile, suppressing down an emotion that they're feeling right, you know, whether it be with, you know, the with the with the liquid substance or the food or another kind of like, you know, coping mechanism, um, it, it's not necessarily going going to provide the 
the assistance that 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 you know one would like, so to speak. So I really feel, if anything, Diane, that you know, because we're we're also talking about the new definition of spiritual entrepreneurship, right? And it, it, it's it's it, it's like everything is coming into balance. There is the old ways in which we did things they don't serve their purpose anymore. It's kind of like, you know, COVID and the pandemic was the universe's way of saying, you can't go back to what you did before, how we operated before, right? It's about cooperation. It's about collaboration. It's not about competition. It's about how may I be of service before what's in it for me? It's about how can I bring more love and joy into my life and thus more joy into the life of, 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 of others. It's about, you know, moving beyond your fears and your comfort zone to expand even further to step forward into the most important steps of your life's purpose, if that makes sense. Well, things are definitely changing and, and at light speed. I mean, the way that we did things a few years ago, even just a decade ago, is is totally out the window. So you really have to be flexible and, and ready and open to hear things. I mean, what do you think is the biggest mistake that people make, you know, when you first start working with them on a project, what would you say is that you see consistently that, that people are, are doing wrong? I necessarily, I, I do my part, at least I, I try to, to be a non-judgmental person. So even if someone, you know, if I see someone, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I'll, I'll gently mention to someone if, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're letting, their, their fears get the best of them kind of thing. But I'll, but I'll do, do that from a very, um, you know, approachable, aligned perspective, if that makes sense. Like, you know, because it, it's important to hold space for a person, but to not come in and say, you're doing this wrong kind of thing, right? So that was, you know, to just kind of clarify that. But there's two things that come to mind. Clarity. Clarity. There's, there's a lot of people that have great ideas. They have these books, Right. And, and, you know, part of the reason, you know, w why I really enjoy doing this work is to help authors bring more clarity into their life to let them know that there are these different sorts of opportunities that not only they can share their message, but they can also create different revenue streams for themselves as well, too. It's important that we allow ourselves different sources of revenue so that we can, you know, cultivate that so we can, you know, invest more in our own life purpose, our own businesses sort of thing. So the fact that, you know, sometimes people might just say, well, you know, I didn't take the time to think about my short-term or my long-term goals. I just wanted to write this book. I just wanted to get it out there kind of thing. And again, like that's necessarily, you know, not, not right or wrong. It, it kind of more is, again, I look at it from, from, a, from a neutral perspective. But I got to say that word again, Diane, is trust. Whenever someone is interested in working with me, I ask them flat out in a conversation that we'll have right at the bat. I call them discovery calls. Do you genuinely feel in your heart that I can help and support you? What does your guidance tell you? I think that many people, especially empaths, we have difficulties trusting our own guidance. Because sometimes our guidance will tell us to do something and you're like, whoa, I can't do that. I'm not capable of doing that. I'm not qualified of doing that. Or what if I fail? Or, or, you know, or you know, what if I succeed? Even more so than failure, sometimes people have a fear of success. And I feel that you know, many of us who had fears of success were, were very much now on the other end of that or near the other end of that and on the other side of that. Trusting in yourself and the people that you're working with are essential. Because when you do that, you can have more clarity. You can create your own game plan, whether you know, you're kind of just promoting yourself as an author. If you don't have an assistant or a publicist, like that's okay. I also let you know, authors know, too, that you know, to do what's, what's the best for them, if someone feels that I can help and support them, that's great. There are authors that, that, that do end up doing everything by themselves. They're, they're all their social media, all their writing, all their events and whatnot. Simultaneously with that being said, I feel that, uh, you know, another, again, it feels like we're given like a bunch of really good tips here, Diane, is, is that to take the time to place your energy and your focus and your creativity on where it best needs to be. If you need to outsource something to someone, whether it be your social media or in, or in terms of publicity or whatever the case might be, it's so important to allow yourself to bring in the necessary support in terms of people, relationships, finances, because otherwise you're going to drain yourself.
And I feel that, you know, literally over the course of these next several days and weeks, that support's now here. It's not this pipe dream. It's not this Shangri-La kind of thing. And it's a matter of, again, I see everything aligning, everything coming together. So if, if someone is a coach, if someone is a healer, if someone is, you know, an inspirational, spiritual or, or children's author, I literally feel that all of us are stepping into the most magical time of our life right now, because let's be honest, you know, this past year necessarily wasn't very easy. And maybe even before then, you know, many of us kind of gone through some challenging times. Doesn't have to be that way anymore. We can really now choose lives of abundance and thriving. And I think, you know, because it's interesting how we're, how we're starting to like wind down our time here, Diane. And I think that this is, this is a, this is a little good nugget to be able to, to wind down our time with is, is that really now is the time to thrive as empaths and as, as spiritual entrepreneurs, many of us want to say, well, if I thrive, well, what about those people in the third world countries that are not thriving? And many of us can have guilt or judgment or shame about receiving and doing very well. Right. You know, maybe, you know, we we broke from an old paradigm matrix, whether it be, you know, family members of ours might not necessarily be doing well financially. And it would be very easy to say, well, they're not doing well, but I'm doing well. Right. There's nothing wrong with allowing yourself to thrive, because, again, the more that you allow yourself to receive, the more that you can give back, the more that you can make the world an even better place in the process. And then the last thing to mention is peace. It's interesting because uh, my, my, my next guests on the Empowered Publicity Children's Book Spotlight Series, which will be dropping this Monday, uh, award-winning authors, their husband and wife team in Wisconsin, Miranda and Baptiste Paul, they wrote a brand new children's book called Peace. That's just the name of it, Peace. And literally the universe delivered it to my doorstep. It's probably been a couple of weeks already right now, just days before, if not even around the same point in time, when I asked God and I asked the universe, I said, I am choosing the most peace in my entire life. This is what my commitment is to myself and to my relationships and to just everything, peace. And it's so interesting. Literally, I asked for peace and I called in for peace and God and the universe just dropped this children's book in my mailbox with peace on it. That's so, so peace, peace and thriving. That sounds pretty good. I really like the way that we're concluding this interview, Diane. Peace and thriving. <laughs> <laughs> no, it do, it does sound good, and you've just got so much energy. And I know you really are authentic in your desire to help bring out the best in your clients and the people that you work with, because I see the projects that you involve yourself with, and it just it it definitely all comes out in in what you're trying to do. So I, I appreciate that, that too. The, I, I appreciate that too, Diane, because, you know, it's, it's taken me some time to be able to get to this particular point, and um, I, I'm grateful for, for all the experiences in my life, and um, I, I'm just so happy that I didn't give up and throw in the towel, because it's very easy for many spiritual entrepreneurs to say, forget it, I'm going to check out, I'm going to do this next lifetime, maybe I'll do something else. If you're going through some kind of a challenge, whether it be, you know, in life, business, or both, please do not give up because literally the best memories and moments of your life have not even happened yet. That's so true. Do not give up. Keep going. And you might have that book, that project. It's there. It's in you. And if you'd like to get in touch with John and maybe work with him, check him out at empoweredpublicity.com. You can also find him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. He's everywhere. <laughs> He's all over the place. John, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your message with the Unity listeners. Grateful again for your time, Diane. And thank you because I want to acknowledge you and the wonderful work that you and your team are doing. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.